I've had one that start crying and then my boyfriend dumped me today and then start crying and then, oh my God, then I'm grabbing the Xanax. What do you want me to do? Just want me to call him Uh to get back with you (laughs) or not getting your job back. That part is. (laughs) Welcome to the Breaking HR podcast, where we wrestle with employment challenges for entrepreneurs, business leaders, and HR professionals. Here are your hosts, Jesse and Nathan. Hello and welcome to the Breaking HR podcast. Today, we're excited to welcome to the show, Julie Heward. Julie, welcome. We're really glad to have you today. Thank you so much. Looking forward to this. It's good to have you, Julie. We're just going to start off with a little segment that we call show notes. Jesse, do you want to kick it off? With it being the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation today, I've been listening to some different podcasts all week and holy, we have so much to learn about our history and it's so much awful stuff out there. Just wanted to call that out. If anyone's looking for a podcast on it, I'm listening to one that's actually on CBC right now. It's called Keeper Island. And oh. it's it just totally stole the show this week. I've been like jaw open as I'm working a lot of the week. I was like, whoa. Yeah, no, great caller, Jesse. That's good to remember. There's some cool things happening. And I think lots of positive steps, but so much more to go. In a way, that's why we're here. We're trying to make steps in the right direction in all areas. Progress. And- Perfection, right? I think. Exactly. I just have to say it because it's emotionally just like taking me to an, a new place and I'm on this discovery of it. So, Julie, I'm really interested to chat with you today because oh. I think Julie's got some funny stories of life in the world of a, an HR professional. Yeah. Thanks for setting this up, Jesse. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Julie, why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm, I'm the director of HR for currently for a company across Canada. So we're a lot in Quebec too. So that's challenging. I oversee payroll, HR, the overall HR. So talent acquisition, talent development, HR ops, and all the component compensation and all of that. And then also health and safety and quality. Yeah. So I am, I don't want to say getting rid of, but I am parting ways with payroll. The love-hate relationship? <laughs> I know, but it's just because we've got to pick our battles, right? So we have a bit of, so we have some great work to do there on the HR. So super fun stuff on the horizon. So I'm super thrilled. How, like in your career, Julie, have you always been in HR in, in, in different sides of companies or what kind of does that look like for you? Yeah. No, I've been in really, if you're going back to the old days. So back in the days, I was really started in payroll. Right. Yep. So I was working for carriers, vendors of HRIS systems, and then evolved into private companies and then went for and more on the payroll, then evolved into HR generalist role, and then went into managerial role as supervisory managerial role. So I have a bit of an unusual journey for a HR professional, but journeys. <laughs> I just, I think it gave me a different angle. I like it. You started off in payroll and at what point did you make that switch or was it a matter of opportunity presenting itself? I think it was, it was a matter of opportunity to an extent, but I think it was, I think you have to sometimes make your own opportunity. So I just wanted more. So I voiced that. And then I really wanted to be on the side because not that there is anything bad. I think payroll is great. I just think that's, um, I think you go through cycles in life and that's something that was really fitting with where I was and how I was 
just more so about analyzing information versus talking to people versus changing. It's a little bit health and safety, a little bit police type, a little bit, uh, (laughs) right? A little bit more of that logical, no, this is black or white. There is no gray. There is no gray. HR is all about gray, right? Anytime you're dealing with people, right? Is that one of those gray areas or gray hairs? Because I think... (laughs) Oh, geez, really... Yeah, calls a lot of gray hair, but a lot of gray areas. <laughs> okay, I have a question for you. Lightning question. Ooh. Would you rather work for a large company or a small company? Go. Small company. Hands down. Yeah. Okay. Why, why do you feel that way? I, I don't like to be in a bucket where I can only do. So when you work in HR for a large company, unless you're the CHRO, I just like there is very limited things that you can't do, right? So you can't do, you're either the talent acquisition director. That is all you do. You take the the rack from A to B to C, and then at C, it goes to someone else. And changing things are super hard. It takes 18 level of approval for everything. But there is positive things for working for big companies, definitely benefits and all that. So there's, there can be more compensation, but I think there's more, I think there's just more autonomy and more, you can change things more in small companies. I get that. Also, if you ever need benefits, I might know a guy. Yeah. (laughs) What have you done to develop professionally to prepare yourself for dealing with people versus numbers and paychecks? Um, A combination of things. If I'm, um, I can humble myself a little bit. I think part of it was discovered while doing, right? I went into the switch or what I had to do to make the switch was a bit of a learning curve, managerial learning curve, if you will. I wasn't really good with, I wasn't really good with people, weirdly. So I think it's just, it's not that I wasn't born like this. It's just that I think it's somewhere along the line when you're just in payroll or you're just in numbering analysis and spreadsheet. That's just what you learn to do and to be good at. Mm -hmm. And then you're losing the human side of things where I was very tasked before people. So just get it done. Did you do this? Did you do that? You know, about after a bit of turnover at the beginning, (laughs) had to, had to learn. And then, and that's when I started my growth journey. And then I had two years of executive coaching. So that was really good. So this kind of came right about the time that I realized that I was an expert manager or like supervisor expert. So I needed to, I think as a leader, you don't need to be an expert. You need to lead a bunch of experts and to make them thrive. So that was the switch of doing that, mm-hmm. but it's, it was a lot of growth and a lot of, and then personally too. And then obviously had a great mentor as well. Yeah. I will say that Julie and I have both worked with some really tremendous people that we stay in touch yeah. with. And I don't know if that's who you're referring to, but we both have some mentors. Yeah. That are common and we still reach out to you from time to time, as well as talking to each other, which I'm sure is probably gets me better results than you. I apologize for my advice in advance, Julie. <laughs> I think it's important though. I think it's important to brainstorm all together, right? Or mm. I feel Jesse is part of, he's a mentor to me in ways, and I hope I'm mentoring him in ways. I feel like sure. it's just like we have one angle really often we tend to go back to this angle. So it's always good to have different angle and say, Oh, you know what? I wouldn't have dealt with this situation this way. I do like your angle. I think it's, that's how we can all grow together. It's to not just think that you are it and you have the answer to everything, but you might be a very, you might have, you might be salute. You might have a lot of solution or be, a, be solution minded, but, but I think it's still good to see other perspectives. Always be curious. I love that. 
Yeah. And I like what you said about having professional growth, personal growth, and almost a mindset shift in yourself that's allowed you to get to where you are in the position that you're in from being, yeah, from growing your HR career once you made the switch and gradually got more responsibilities and yeah. obviously getting better jobs and things like that coming your way, which is really cool. And I like hearing that because, yeah, thinking selfishly, I'm going, where am I now? Where do I want to go? If you're not thinking that yeah, way, true. you're not doing anything. So yeah, that's really cool. I want to know what's changed in the last year or 18 months or so. It's been a very interesting time. I don't want to dwell on necessarily the COVID side of things, but then the, almost the aftermath and yeah. you hear the buzzwords about the great resignation and those kinds of things. Yeah. What's going on there in your world that is, has changed and how are you dealing with that? I think they call it the great resignation, but then I also heard of the great reset, right? Mm -hmm. Which I think people are just questioning and on that includes myself too, right? So people are questioning where they are. Is this what I want? Do I have the best of everything? Do, you know, can I regain more of my life? So yeah. So if you're asking organizationally, definitely that's something that we're feeling. Yeah. Uh, sure. There is a lot of movement and it is also a combination of things because it's also an applicant's market. And people are rethinking, just had someone recently left us to go do something completely different. And salary was three times. There's no, talk. Well, can we talk to you so we can keep you? I there is no talking and no fixing. I like, good luck. That's all there is to say. Right. Knowing that's happening out there, like what are some of the things that you're trying to do to get people enticed to come work with your organization or for your team? What are some of the things that you're trying yeah. to do? So glad you asked, actually, because this has been, I started recently, right? So we did, so got to try to get a really good pulse, a big engagement survey, try to really understand what people wanted, not what I thought people wanted, which is always important. Yes. And then from there, we just build the HR transformation strategy. So essentially, we found that there are a lot of things that we can do easily. Now, there are some that are more challenging or more, I think there are some that probably will phase off a little bit, such as the compensation side of thing. I think it's a hot topic right now. So everybody is, I can get a hundred K there. I can get a, and they're currently making 50 K. So what do you want me to do? Do it increasing $50,000? Like it is a business an organization. Mm -hmm. If we do that for all of our employees, then we're going to be out of a business. But there are things where, you know, which the other side of that great reset is that people want flexibility. People want their life back. People want apathy. They want leadership communication. They want a good culture. Not in the sense that we meant it before when we were like, let's order groceries for the office, a pool yeah. table for the office. That was the before, right? The cool factor of before. No, nobody cares really about that. So I think it's more about being flexible, hybrid work for hybrid roles when possible. I think it's about communication, recognition. So really focusing on the recognition, but not just the recognition of money, just the actual recognition, what that means to say, hey, good job on this project. Julie just wanted to say kudos to Julie. That communication about the strategy, where we're heading, communication about what's happening at each location and and just to, just to, to the fun stuff too, right? So we're doing a lot of work there. So working to rejuvenate our offerings because really it's a little bit more, I think it was really good and it served a good do, served a good role, but I yeah. think it needs to be put some fun back into it. Things unfortunately have changed with people being remote. A lot of the connection was true. lost and I really just want to 
bring it back to the basics and just unite us through a difference. But yeah, so lots of good stuff there, but we are doing communications channels. We're doing a reconnection, a new HRIS, a new HRIS, a few things that we new are. HRIS. I like yeah. the South. Yeah, um, just to, to make sure that we can, this, it can work for us and then we can work for the people instead of the other way around. Then we work for the system <laughs> and then we cannot have, we do not have time <laughs> for the people, right? So yeah. The system owns you. I keyed on something you said there, which I thought was quite interesting. Not that I don't agree because I do agree, but also I think there's this misconception in, in people looking for roles too, or internal people looking to scale up yeah. is there's still a finite amount that you can pay a certain position and the market will dictate that. It's just economics, right? This role can only ever pay this amount because that's the return on investment and sure, it can go up X percent or whatever as everything else goes up. But I think that's part of this analysis through everything too, is for you to be responsible in a business is these sorts of roles, say it's an entry level, I just pick a role, entry level payroll. It can only pay this much in salary because that's what the market dictates. I actually read something interesting just this week. I read an article saying salaries in Canada are due to go up 4.2% which to me actually seems low because every everything I'm reading ahead of this was like 7% increase and the cost of living increase and the the index is up almost 8%. So I was expecting it to be almost double that. But what yeah. this is telling us is that that may be what it is, but employers are only raising it 4.2%. So yeah. I actually found that quite interesting, not what I expected. I know, but and I think that's part of the challenge, but imagine increasing everyone by 10%. That, that's what I thought more places were going to have to do just to keep the doors open, to keep people working, right? But then there, it's this rebound effect, like this kind of, um, it's like it has a ripple yeah. effect. A rebound effect. It has yeah. a ripple effect, which is that if we are, let's say we are doing 10% to everyone, then what do you think we're going to do with the price of our products? Right? Yeah, then well, that's exactly it. Everything goes up 10%. Okay. I want to talk about something different and hopefully you find it as fun to talk about as I do. And if not, that's okay. Working with people, we come across all sorts of weird scenarios, but I'm curious to hear from you. I'll start with the easy one. Tell me a little bit about the best person, best employee you've ever had that worked for you. What were some of the things that made them really great as an employee? And then we'll go to the more fun stuff. <laughs> I think sometimes the misconception about the best employee is the one that you get the most along with, that we'd go and have yeah. a drink or coffee tonight, that we would, yeah. like, I'm looking for a best friend. I'm looking yeah. for a great team, right? And sometimes teammates get, get your team members can become friends to an extent at mostly after not so much while they're but what you're looking for is compatible work work types and that doesn't mean another person like me definitely I was one of those that had the major bias of looking for little Julie's well then I realized that actually those were ha hard to handle man <laughs> you don't want a team of little Julie's huh <laughs> yeah. and then I went the other way and then I went the complete total opposite which and then I, it's too much so it's I guess diversity right it's to get a really to learn how people really work and to really adapt to what they need and they need to understand also how you are a little bit as a person as a human and you really need from the get-go to put your your like who you are to say to talk about this so all this long answer to tell you that my what she what this person and so she 
and what she had is I think just, just a great, we're able to, when we had this agreement, we're able to talk about this. We both want to resolve it. We, she, she would understand when there is a requirements and she would be thorough. I definitely, for sure, it's important that you care. I can mm-hmm. fix a lot of things. I cannot fix the caring part. If you don't care, there yeah, is very true. little that we can do. That and just 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 someone that can navigate with you through the motion and through everything that's happening. So resilience yeah. is super important. Someone resilient, adaptable yeah. as you. So I think sometimes we think I want someone attention to detail. I think we want everyone to have attention to detail. Truthfully, no one is hiring someone and say, I want someone to yeah. just <laughs> cut the corner. Please, that's what I'm looking for. But resiliency, yeah. adaptable and and just pleasant, fun. Yeah. Just if I'm gonna <laughs> see you and talk to you every day, yeah, please, pleasant would be amazing. Yeah. And I, I like that resiliency is big. So having and I played both roles where it's I've run my own business. I owned it. It was me. It was everything, and I wore that because I owned it. Now I'm an employee. I still have to have the drive that I own it. But how do you get employees to wear? the company shirt on their back? How do you get them to be resilient? There's tough times at companies. What do you do to get them to power through? For me, I think that we can say, oh, it's the culture of the company. It's this. And our culture is for you to not want to leave because it's for it to be pleasant. But at the end of the day, I think connections, connection and leadership, because I am telling you, I took crappier paycheck, like lower paycheck, much lower paycheck because of the leader. I took leap of faith because of good, a great leader. I, th- the leader, the connection with the leader, but also good leadership, but also you connecting with that leader. So yeah. make it personable behind this person that is a HR generalist or whatever the role is. There is a human, nice. and really, and I understand it's not natural to everyone. But at the end of the day, like we're all going through things, and especially right now, I think we came to a bit of an awakening. The two these two years at the end of the day you can like and be proud to work there because it's a great workplace because you're well paid or because you love the job you have but there the loyalty though is towards people Mm, i I don't know that's what i'm i like that i agree and empathy those are huge Jason and i talk about this quite a bit too whenever we're chatting it's like you have to have that personal relationship with each one of your people up and down Right. For you to be, to, yeah. for you to feel fulfilled as whether you're an executive or an entry level person, that relationship you have with your boss is so critical. And then on the flip side, like you're talking about, that relationship you cultivate with your employee is so critical. And like it goes in so many ways. Cause like, how do you motivate someone if you don't know what they're about or what they're going through? Like, exactly. I know, like, one of the things that Julie and I have talked a lot about is, a person that we once worked with would know this, they'd have this magic intuition. I would call it like right when we were about to be like, that's it, this is enough. They would know and they'd like send us a gift basket and give us a call and be like, no, I value you so much. And I was like, what? How did you know? It's I, still not, think right? she had, I still think she had cameras in my house or Maybe. something. <laughs> I think there's, that's the only possible way. <laughs> but just this ability to pull you back and be like, hey, like, we're in this together and I know it's not good right now, but that's the connection you need if you're going to have your people continue to be resilient or at least attempt to be. I think things can be bad enough in an organization that it doesn't matter. 
And at some point, you'll still lose people because that relationship is so strong, but it's just not worth the stress, right? Yeah, I like that. I think that knowing what motivates people and understanding that it's not just money, it's more about helping people. It's finding a solution to an issue or a problem or improving on something there to really make an impact on people's lives. And for, for me, it's on the health and wellness side, and that's huge. And it's impactful. And you know, this I'm saying, what's your why? It's understanding that personally, I've been in that situation. And I know many people in those situations where the health of your family, your kids, your wife, your loved ones can be changed. And that's where I get driven is, okay, we're making an impact. And that's important. That's super corny. (laughs) That's good though. Corny's good. I think that's true though. I think it's about your mission. Not necessarily you can't get paid lots. And then you're just feeling that inside. What are you doing? What are you? Meaningful work is important. There's that diagram, right? Have you ever heard of, oh, I'm probably going to get this wrong. It's called like Ikigai or something like that. It's the intersection of what you're great at what your passion is, what makes you money. And it's this little spot where they all intersect. A Venn diagram thing. Yeah. 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 It's like circle. Hopefully they intersect. Hopefully, because if that's what you want, what you're good at or there, then you have a bit of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it doesn't make you any money, then that kind of sucks too, right? It's it's like that dirty show. Yeah. And he, he went and did the worst jobs and the people that did them were so passionate, right? They'd be with the sewers or doing all these just awful things. And I love that show for that reason because it finds meaning in those places. That's the best thing. I think if you can find meaning in any work, you're going to be amazing at it. There's the fish market, the Seattle fish market. There was the, I can't remember, they did a lot of analysis on it and then it became like a leadership study and things you could take and courses around it. But it was all about that. doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If you can put the meaning into it, like it's what is that one it's like a bricklayer right if someone's hey i'm just laying bricks there's not a lot of meaning there but the same person could be doing the exact same thing and they're like i'm building a cathedral completely different way of looking at it and how person a is going to do that same work as person b is going to be completely different because they're inspired by it they're like i'm doing something meaningful yeah everyone plays a role that that i think that similar to your bricklayer story there's a story of the janitor at the like where they launched the rockets we heard that one and no. Someone said, well, what do you do? And he goes, I'm helping to launch a man to the moon. But he's, he's a janitor, but his role was to keep the hallways clean to do his thing. And yeah. just similar mentality, right? That's he's probably cool. launch yeah. a man on the moon. That's what he's doing. That's awesome. But that shared sense of purpose. Okay. Oh, yeah. I want to ask a fun question. I want to talk about people's stories. <laughs> Can you share, I obviously, again, we're not sharing any names or companies or anything like that. So it's all Good. We've all worked a number of places. Either a really crazy employee story or a really crazy termination or something you thought you'd not never see. They were just like, what the, (laughs) anything like that you could share with us today? I think, yeah, crazy stories. There is a lot, right? There is, there is a lot. There is so much that I don't know. I'm like, there is, what do you want? Drug, alcohol, just MIA or I don't know, but maybe termination. Just, I think I, termination, is that a funny story? So termination is not the fun part of HR. It's although that it could seem that's that's really hard and that's very you need to have no heart to do this. I actually think that we need sometimes to redirect people to where they're just meant to be. Fully. Yeah, good point. Now, am I saying that it, like you would be like, thank you for this, by the way? No, 
but I think it's to have empathy. But people react yeah. all the same way. I've had I've had one that start crying, and then my boyfriend dumped me today, and then start crying, yeah. and then oh my god, and then I'm grabbing the Kleenex. What do you want me to do? Just want me to call him oh, to no. get back with you, <laughs> or not getting your job back? That part is for sure. <laughs> So yeah. I'm like, okay, and then, you know, others that, you know, just some that shut down, some that cry, and just, I had people saying, thank you, I just had that, thank you so much, oh my god, I think I had a Guinness World Record into finding a job after I got fired, within 24 hours, so I'm like, you're more than welcome, I don't know, what am I saying, you're welcome, can we forget about this severance now, since you're so happy about it, All different you never know what you're getting, it's like Cracker, Cracker, what is it, Cracker Box, the good Right? You just, yeah. I just don't know. What are we getting? Is it going to be like the surprise or just actual or normal person? <laughs> I think normal's overrated. I, I always look for the quirkiest ones, but that's just me. <laughs> that, reminds me that reminds me of a situation like this. Sometimes freaky things happen. Like we had a, we fired someone and the person threw a bomb. A homemade bomb. Like a, yeah, I so say we fired someone and it was, it was not going to name, but it was retail stores kind of thing. And then, so yeah. there was a retail worker got fired through a bomb at night at the head office. So nobody was there, but then the sprinkler, so we got in the morning, it was flooded, oh, like the sprinkler, like it was like that, I think okay. the fires, whatever the story, but it was a homemade bomb. So yeah, we had to. It is terrifying. I have not had either knock on wood. I threw up <laughs> real wood to knock on. Thankfully. Yeah. But you I can't also be saying I, stuff like this because every time you say, I haven't had an accident in X, yeah. then that's how you crash your car. So just saying. I just don't say it. Yeah. We, we can end it there. Julie, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun and it was good to yeah. chat with you again. Yeah, yeah. it was good. I was a little nervous, but thank you. Enjoy your day onward and upward. <laughs>